Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 35 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. I'm Devin Green. And I'm Josh Unruh. And on Saturday, March 5th, the Monsters are coming to Oklahoma City. It's the fifth annual Underground Monster Carnival at the State Fairgrounds. The event is presented by Art Sunday, and we are honored to have him here along with uh, clothing artist Kimber. Art, Kimber, thank you so very much for showing up. Well, thanks very much. Thanks for having us. So tell us about Monster Carnival, Art. Well, uh, Monster Carnival was originally started as the Underground Horror Fest in Tulsa like several, several years ago, and I had done film festivals, and before that, I'd done shows at the Canes Ballroom and promoted bands, and even before that, I was doing shows at Mohawk Park, <laughs> you know, so so I go back doing it for quite a while, but I just really wanted to, to do a show like the Underground Monster Carnival because growing up, we always had local carnivals where you had, like, a show dedicated to local people in a local town that, you know, would find out, like, the guy that ran, at the, ran the gas station would also be, like, the best awesome painter but back when I was a kid, painters didn't make no money, so you right. were a mechanic or whatever. And so I just wanted to to put something together that kind of throws back to a world where you go to a convention with your family and there's not a lot of like the kids go over here and the, the parents run over here. And there's like we live in a world so disconnected with so much connection that I felt like, you know, there's a convention for everything. And for me, I enjoy like to you know keeping things underground and so that's why it's called the underground monster carnival because um, a lot of the people that came to my show in the past were totally local guys that one of them is one of the bikers on the walking dead this season uh, one of the guys been on face off three or four of them all went to the schools and assisted and worked on some of the biggest haunted houses in the country and so forth and so on but once they get to a certain point i just go back and get new people because I'm never mm-hmm. really interested in trying to bring in the big thing of the big flavor because you're going to draw 3,000 people that love to dress up in costumes no matter what. So I, I think anymore with these modern conventions that, you know, you, people spend so much time trying to give people so many activities to be busy when really most people are like, I just want to meet someone that dresses like Thor or Captain America or Road Warrior and I don't know anybody. So if I go to a convention like anyone i'm going to meet that type of person and you guys really encourage the cosplay oh yeah i just i i feel like well for one you know me and my wife we have a store in the plaza district where it's you know a lot of we do a lot of fashion shows and we do a lot of like uh, cultural events and it's like on a daily basis so um i you know the first conventions i ever went to i went to san diego comic con when it was 800 people and 85 percent of them were guys you know and there was no corporate intervention it was people literally three days of people playing dungeons and dragons and people arguing over how much they should get for x-men number one you know to seeing it now as a you know the last time i did it i paid 1800 dollars for a booth and made that money in like two hours wow but now you couldn't even buy a booth there unless you just got like totally have connections i guess yeah, that's quite expensive yeah oh yeah and, and for those people who don't know, what is the name of your store in the plaza? It's called Dig It, like uh, the Warriors 1977 movie, Can You Dig It? Mm-hmm. Me and my wife are big fans of that film. so. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of your store. I just wanted to make sure everyone else knew about it. Thanks. What kind of stuff do you have there? We do a lot of uh, retro. and Well, her, I'll let Kimber say it. She actually works there, and I've spent five years there, so you should, you should say it from your point of view. Okay. Uh, yeah, I work there part-time, mostly on Sundays, and I'm really proud to be a part of what they have going on. Um, you know, most of what's there is locally made or at least locally designed. Um, there's a lot of recycled fashion, which is what I'm passionate about. Um, you know, Stephanie does a, a lot with hand-selecting hand her vendors and being really, you know, she communicates really well with people coming in and knowing what people want and then kind of just also telling them, no, I'm going to do what I want. So the store has a really unique feel. We get a lot of people from out of town that come in and tell us uh, that it's one of the most unique places they've been in Oklahoma City. And, you know, to hear that, and, and, you know, it's kind of our backyard, it's kind of nice to be able to, something maybe I take for granted working there, but it's nice having people coming in and telling me that. It's nice to be a part of that. So. And you mentioned recycled fashion. Just for people who don't know, what does that mean? Uh. <laughs> Well, it's kind of a soapbox. It's been something I've done my whole life since I was little. Uh, my grandma taught me how to sew. She was Pentecostal, so that's that's what we did. Um, no TV, you know. So 
uh, since I was young, I've just taken things and kind of restyled them and given them a new purpose, a new life. Um, and that's what I like to do now as well. Um, I have a recycled clothing line. It's called uh, Bear Claw Clothing. You can find it at Dig It. Um, and I will also be at the Monster Carnival. I'll have a fashion show there this year. <clears throat> um, but basically, it's just taking something that's outdated or has stains or holes and kind of trying to keep it out of landfills because, you know, a lot of what ends up in landfills is stuff like that. So what I sure. do is try to take these items that are outdated or holy or gross and make them wearable again, you know, desirable. So Perfectly good clothing that should not be ending. Exactly, in exactly. You know, kind of shining a new light on it. So I love that. Um now, where do you do you where do you find your material for this? Do you is it donated or is it everywhere? Everywhere. It's it's crazy, you know. When you when you okay, so I just recently made a huge life decision and quit my job I had <laughs> for like eight years, and I was like, no, I'm done. And I so I put a lot of effort into Bear Claw, and it's crazy how many people come out of the woodwork and want to help you out. You know, you know, I've always been I've had a knack for thrifting. I've been you know going to garage sales since I could walk. Just kind of what I do, and but you know I have a tiny apartment. I consolidated my <laughs> life, and I have so, it's just mounds of stuff. Oh my god! Especially in just getting ready for this monster carnival. Oh, I can imagine. I just people come out of the woodwork and they want to be a part of what you're doing, and so they're very generous. You know, mm-hmm. I have all the stuff. You know, I was going to donate it, but I feel like you could get something out of it. I'm like, yeah, this is a great fabric, or I love this pattern. And before you know it, my whole house, house, <laughs> tiny <laughs> studio apartment is just mounds of stuff everywhere. So, you know, I do thrift and I do go handpick things, but I do get a lot of people that are just generous and give me things as well. So Now, to explain what you're going to be doing, you're doing a fashion show at the Monster, on the Underground Monster Carnival. Tell us about that. <gasps> um, it's, well, um, it's just going to, it's mod monsters themed. So basically what I'm trying to do is, I love, I love vintage. It's where I get a lot of my inspiration, Lucille Ball, she's mm-hmm. my style icon, you know, I'm obsessed with her. Um, so I know she's not mod, but you know, her grace and her gumption, all of what she represented is something I'm very passionate about. So we decided to take uh, just mod because it's a fun, it's a fun era, the patterns, you know, it's really fun to be able to put that. So I'm taking a classic mod look and putting it with classic horror monster themes. Um, so what I've been doing is I've been out hand selecting fabrics and, you know, like old Halloween costumes that look like they're about done and kind of combining it and making the two something wearable and desirable again. So I have some really fun like witch dresses and some, you know, Grim Reaper stuff. I have a little Dracula. Um, I've also been making jewelry to go with it as well, like handmade bolo ties, like making the twine and everything. So um, basically it's just a it's a culmination of mod and monsters, and then just kind of encouraging people to shop recycled, you know, um, knowing that they can have this great look from all things recycled, and you don't have to go and buy brand new every time when you could actually have a really unique look um, that's going to be much more striking and more appealing than going to the mall or going online um, um, just for, you know, recycled goods. It's, it's my passion. So. And what time and when is that uh, for the festival? That's a great question. Uh, well, we're looking at... My art. Well, you know, at, uh, at 8 o'clock, we're going to have our uh, sideshow, uh, which will last for an hour, and it has, like, like dogs and glass eating and swords and all kinds of real interesting things. Uh, but around 6, 7, uh, we will have a kids' costume contest. And then we'll also have an adult costume contest, so it'll be separated, so it'll be for girls and boys, and boys and girls, and girls, girls, and guys, guys, and just however people want. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't really discriminate. So, it, like, a lot of girls will be in the guys' costume contest, and some of the girls will be in the guys, and so it's really awesome for the fact that it's like. I've been to so many conventions in major cities where they're so progressive, but they're still like, all you girls need to get out of the guys' line. And I'm just like, well, just let them choose which line they want to be. Yeah. Why, why do you have to say why you have to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I understand sep- if separating it, that's yeah. fine because yeah. otherwise you got this massive line. Oh yeah. But- well, that's the thing. It's like some years, you know, I've had 70 women, adult women in line, and you know, 55 guys in line. You know, and that's the adults. Mm-hmm. Now the kids are much. The kids actually are funny because 
the you know at, when you're a little kid you're so into all little kids all dress up but there's an age in between where they get ready to become an adult and they're still a kid and they really love all the movies and they love supernatural and they love doctor who but they're like i don't really know if i want to be in front of anybody right now yeah and so i don't try to force people to come up i mean some of the best costumes are literally like right in front of you and sometimes i'll just give them i'll just secretly give them a prize after the fact you know but i just you know basically just do it because i just love that part of it and um and then in between those, between six, seven, and, and right before eight, she'll be doing hers in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because we try to keep, you know, but we try to keep it all in them there. Because, you know, there's like between six, there's like change up times to where we'll fit her in. But I like to kind of keep it open because, sure. you know, if we're in there and we're having a great time and there's a bunch going on and you got like, these little minions all fighting like these little kids dressed like gremlins and Freddy Krueger. It's like, who wants to stop that? Because there's like, <laughs> to me, I put the show on and I don't really care about structure or rules or any of that. I mean, you have to have those kind of things in life. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, when I was a kid and I went to a convention, I could come dressed like whoever I wanted. And like so many conventions now are like, well, if you're going to bring these Nerf guns, you need to do this. And I'm thinking, man, I've been shot by a Nerf gun 800 times and I'm not even dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so so, why do I need to have like, a, you know, a, a National Guard member of the police force there going, well, this Nerf gun could be could be dangerous if the spring would just slip and, you know. Well, yeah, well, that's the parents' fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they can't take care of that. I, okay, so you've got the, the cosplay contest, six, uh, six o'clock, um, including Kimber's... Uh, uh, it's ambiguous. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. happen. It's, it's gonna happen. So, yeah. <laughs> what else is going on throughout the day? Well, uh, throughout the, throughout the day, every hour on the hour, I always give away a lot of prizes, and I give away gift certificates from like Bad Grannies, and of course my store. And then uh, there's a large number of other prizes that people at the event uh, will just throw in, just because they want to be a part of it. And uh, the first 50 people that come to the door will receive a, a gift bag. And in the gift bag, there'll be uh, 50 originally painted art pieces uh, by Don Jay, who's a local street artist that has been painting around the city for a while. And uh, But also, it'll have lots of other surprises, like one-of-a-kind keychains, uh, one-of-a-kind buttons, stickers. Uh, the only thing that I sell as far as merchandise at my show is uh, my T-shirts. Uh, beyond that, I give away everything else. You know, I give them out at SoonerCon and all the other events that happen around town, and I just have always kind of felt like I'm a for-profit group, not a non-profit group. And mm-hmm. because I'm for-profit, uh, a lot of the vendors are for-profit. And then I have groups that are non-profit like Jedi OKC and like a lot of the fan clubs and stuff. But a lot of the merchandise that I have, I just don't feel like, like I see a lot of websites that shows go on and they just have so much merchandising for these things. And I'm just like, like, man, you know, it. to me, it's just like a fun event. And so... I like mm-hmm. to give away a lot of stuff all day, and um, plus we have live DJing all day long, so there's live music, and I have friends that do hip-hop, and I'll have them come up, and there's a lot of other surprise things that I don't really like to put as a schedule, because like I said, it's like, when you have a friend that comes out from out of town, and you don't know he's in town, and he's from New York, it's like, hey, we're going to have a New York guy come up here that's going to do something, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> this guy was in this movie and he wants to come up and do something. And so they're like surprises for the crowds, you know. I I think if you try to plan it, you're, you're allowing yourself to not let things happen and stuff. And so basically between six to nine, sideshows, costume contests, all that. But before that, we'll have workshops. Like my wife is going to do a, a workshop that'll have ghosts and have a lot of the ghost writers. I have several writers that are from Norman that write Guthrie, you know, like Haunted Guthrie and Haunted Oklahoma and all that. And then uh, my friend Ashley Shadowheart, she will be doing like a little cosplay panel and she does a lot of that kind of stuff. So she'll be doing like cosplay 101 and like, and then she likes to have like uh, her own little panels that'll be like Welcome to Nightville or it'll be like something that she's really about that's so underground that only like 25 people at the show, but they're so into it that they can tell you about it and you're just like, I have a phone and I still can't find any information about what you're talking about because it's so underground. Wow. But it, but but that's what I. But that's why it's called the Underground Monster mm-hmm. Carnival is because I I really feel like if you want to cosplay like Art Crump from 1970s, you know, Mr. Natural, or if you want to cosplay like a local comic book, or if you want to come dressed up like the most mainstream thing you can, I don't really care. I think like you should just get out there and really enjoy yourself and do it because. I see so many forums where kids go off for hours on each other about their cosplay costumes, and I'm like, 
man, when did we get a world where children are telling other children that they shouldn't dress certain ways, you know? That's Amen. the whole point. It's fun. You know, cosplay is supposed to yeah. be fun. Yeah. I mean, and funny because when, back when I was young, you know, uh, we would all be like rubbing dirt on our face and like wearing dirty T-shirts and be like, I'm Freddy Krueger. Sure. And you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that's so awesome, dude. You got that costume right. I know. Look at these silk forks I found in my mom's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just put white makeup on and go, I'm dead. Yeah. This is what I'd look like if I were dead. <laughs> that's a great costume. Yes, it is. Thank you. Is there, a, is there more of a schedule for the workshops and things? Oh, yeah. Now, the schedule will be on uh, undergroundmonstercarnival.com. And then I'll also have them at the show. So at the show, I'll have all that printed off. So from the time you get there from one, there's all the where everybody's located and the schedules and so forth. Uh, it's just that, you know, with like the panels and stuff. I do have one. I have the major panel that I always do. But then uh, like with my wife, she's, she's still trying to get the guest. And then we have a writer's one that uh, my friend Don's working on and stuff. And and so, you know, it's it's like we have so many different artists and different guests. A lot of people are like, well... You know, we'd like to do uh, a writer one that focuses on the, all the horror writers at the show. But then there's the consortium of, you know, there's a lot of special effects people here. So let's go that direction. And because I don't like overlapping, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like overlapping stuff. We only can have so many panels because, like I said, at six o'clock, it's there's so much full blown like stuff going on that I just I don't want to cut somebody out that's worked really hard on it. One of the things about conventions also that is. The reason I do this stuff is because, you know, for years of going to conventions, so many things I didn't like, I didn't want to put into mind because I just feel like a girl works so hard to get a panel together and she convinces her friends and then you're intentionally putting on, well, we're going to have a dance uh, at the same time as your uh, panel. Yeah. So thanks for working so hard on it. You and know? so it takes away, takes away the people that would be at her panel. Yeah. And I think, man, it's like, you know, if you got to respect each and every person at your convention mm-hmm. because like I've been around for a long time and knock on this table, I've never lost money. I've never even like I've never even got close to losing money, and so I I feel like you know the fortunate thing about it is is because I was a vendor for a long time, and I was put in corners at the biggest conventions, and I was put front row at the biggest conventions. I lost tables, uh, you know. I've been shifted around, you know. I've seen like people so upset because their daughter had a forum and they really wanted to get people at it, but Jay and Silent Bob decided to throw up some improv thing and took every single person that they would have and. And I'm just like, and I think it's great. People are like, oh, man, you know, but it's like you don't really, when you look at all those videos online of San Diego Comic Con, what you don't see as an individual is the local people from California. Because apparently people in California are all movie stars. That whole convention is nothing but movie stars is mm-hmm. where they portray it. And you, you guys know that's not true. Right. I mean, no matter what convention from Tulsa to wherever, the convention is the people. You know, the, the, the people pay for the actors. The vendors pay for the building. And everything that goes into it is paid by somebody else. And if you don't treat those people with that respect, then you're going to have the success of how most conventions go. Man, I love that convention. What happened to it? I don't know. I think they had problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, man, I was a vendor for a long time. I paid for a lot of guests. I know that. You know, Dallas Comic Con, Texas Frightmare, uh, you know, Spooky Kingdom, uh, Burbank, Haunted Creations, you know, um, the Collector's Film Shows. I mean, I've been to all kinds of conventions. And... Uh, and that would be the only the weirdest thing. It's like, for me, I like to advertise all the vendors at my show because I feel it's important because they're paying for it, you sure. know. And uh, and I think that's the thing. It's like so many conventions, they want $850 from you, but they won't talk about one person there. All they'll talk about is the actor they're paying $80,000 to be there, plus his hotel, plus his flight, plus his guaranteed money. And then he's taking $200 from every single fan. And I'm like, man, that guy must not be making anything on The Walking Dead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so cool. We have had uh, a couple of co- uh, national comic cons coming or conventions coming to Oklahoma. We had the Wizard World in Tulsa. We had Oklahoma City, the amazing Oklahoma City Comic Con. Did you go to either of those or to participate in either of those? I went to Wizard Worlds when it was uh, originally owned by the Wizard of the Coast Group. Mm-hmm. You know, back when it was probably three thousand people, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, back in the day, but uh, to me, it's like. I just have to be honest with you. Please. In the 1980s, I met Vincent Price at a convention. So, and Vincent Price didn't charge me for an autograph. Neither did Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner. You know, I grew up in a, I grew up in a way that is hard for me to explain to a person that's half my age and say, I know that you really love Norman Reedus, and I know you all love that stuff, but 
when I went to a convention, there was a guy there that drew comic books, and he was the guy that had his comic books for sale, and the guy beside him had comic books for sale, and there was a girl that made her own horror T-shirts, and the guy beside that had, like, stuff that they were trying to sell, and it's like all these local people built these shows, and then, like, you'd have, like, the star from, like, Time Time Machine, and then you had, like, the stars from, like, you know, the guys that did the weird robot shows of the 60s and mm-hmm. 70s, and for the most part... They were like, would talk to you, and it don't matter if you had money or not. They would spend time and really cared about you because you'd be like, man, I really love Battlestar Galactica, and they'd be like, but I don't got no money to talk to you. And they'd be like, well, man, come around this table, and you'd sit with them and stuff. And that's what I'm saying is like, I'm not interested in those shows because I'm not interested in spending $55 to go meet somebody that needs that kind of money because I know what money I know what they need because I get emailed by every single one of those groups from uh, you know from uh, so many of these talent companies to the actual artists like I've talked to Danny Trejo to you know I've talked to tons of people on the phone man that are like hey you know you know you should just raise your prices because then you could bring me you know and and when they say stuff like that it's like I really have always wanted to like when I get to be old I'm going to write a book about and, and present yes. all these emails <laughs> from all these people that are uh-huh. so money hungry that you would ne- I mean and the thing is it's like when you put on a, my first conventions that I was ever involved in where I learned had stars in them hundreds of them big ones and you know I was I was asked for cocaine I was asked if I could find young girls I could ask like you know just so many gross things that it's like you know, and then there's there's a few that are really good. You know, mm-hmm. there's people like Lou Ferrigno that are, like, really cool and loves their fans. And, you know, but then there's guys like Adam West that's like, hey, man, you're really awesome. Could you please just go inside? Because I don't, you know, you have to talk to my guy if you want to take a picture or if you want to do that. And I'm right. just thinking, like, why would I want to be a fan of that? You know, yeah. like, if that guy was a political leader, you would not be a fan of him. But yet, you know, I used to always say that I love Slayer so much that when if I got to meet Slayer in concert and, and, he, and he kicked me, like, right in the stuff, I would be like, Slayer just kicked me in the stuff because he's so awesome. <laughs> so I understand where people are at. You know, I understand where people are at. But I under, also understand that now I've grown up to mm-hmm. see it from the point of view where they're, like, behind this curtain going, I'm not, I'm not making no money from these Okies. I'm ready to go home. You know, yeah. if you ever want to know why your star cancels your, your show, is because they didn't get enough money to uh, pre-sell tickets. Because all you have to really do is, because we've got the internet, you just look up their name and you see what their schedule is, and they're, like, hanging out in their home. You know, there's a picture of them the next day in their home in California on a beach. Yeah, now, I didn't see much of that at the amazing Oklahoma City Comic Con, but Wizard World, I only went to their first year uh, in, in Tulsa, and I, that's how I felt. It felt like a cattle call. You were... You there were there were cattle lines where you were drawn and you can go spend fifty bucks to get Norman Reedus's phone you know then you could spend fifty bucks to get so and so's and and so I didn't go the second year mostly because they also just had a bunch of they had Motley Crue and um and and a bunch of wrestlers and yeah. I was like uh, where's the where's the pop culture people that I really kind of want to yeah, see yeah. um but it, it just didn't it just felt like you were you're moving in lines now. I felt differently. Amazing Oklahoma City Comic Con when you had artists, including national artists. Yeah. Uh, when you had uh, the Batman Scott uh, Snyder out there, you had um, all these great artists and writers, and then you had some some people like Bonnie from uh, from the Quest was there. Yeah, and they're just out there, and yeah. we're just all partying, having yeah. a great time. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like a lot of people forget that you know, with like a lot of the well, that's why I th- you know I think it's good. Like say Super Bitcoin is a great example. Is that you know, he goes off BC and uh, he really, they, they go off and they find a lot of like internet luminaries that are just normal guys and girls, but they have an interest and they have a following about what they do and they bring those people in. And to me, it's like, that's the way the world should work. Mm-hmm. You know, you should give, you know, we, we have this, we have this thing called the internet where if everybody in this room got together and we wanted to have a cheap video camera, we could produce our own films, we could produce our own news groups, we could produce our own TV shows, and nobody could tell us nay or yay. Right. But we still have this big problem of people that they cannot conform until it's in this box. You know, once it's in a box and it's packaged pretty mm-hmm. and it looks really incredible, then that's really important. Mm-hmm. You know, but toilet paper and Kleenex is also in a box that's that right. looks really pretty and everything. But if someone was to go, man, I got to blow my nose and it's the harsh moment, you're going to grab that old napkin that's in that Taco Bell bag, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. And so I just have always, I don't know, like I said, that's why I call my show Underground Monster Carnival because I force myself not to 
to to I, I've turned down Disney, I've turned down Amazon, I've turned down uh, Frontier City, I've turned down uh, uh, several fashion companies to do our fashion shows, and you know a lot of these different things, and even more than that, Direct TV, and just on and on and on, and and the reason I turn them down is is because I'm not interested in making my show Wizard World. I'm not interested in being San Diego Comic Con. I just want to be Underground Monster Carnival, mm-hmm. you know. And if 20 people, 100 people, five people come and they're having a good time and they're all dressed up and it's all like awesome and the vendors can make money, then it's like a great show. You know, it's not a great show to me if I got to go hang out and with this big movie star or if I got to go that. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I, I went to Tulsa Comic Expo because my friend Chris Rowe had put that on and uh, a friend of mine who has done my show let me have a booth at it. And so I got to go to that and it was you know, the Ninja Turtles, and they were all the things. And the thing that impressed me is, like, here's the guys from The Walking Dead, and here's all these different people, but this one old guy who was in the Ninja Turtles is wearing the suit, running around, playing with children, and rolling around on the ground and all this. (laughs) And I'm just thinking to myself, like, now that guy is deserving of being here. But the majority of them, when you'd get close to their table... They just would act. They always act that way. Like, is he gonna? Is he gonna buy something? Is he gonna buy an autograph? Mm-hmm. You know. And to me, it's like I always feel like some conventions are like strip clubs. It's like, hey, you know what? I, I've always wanted Leonard Nimoy to give me a lap dance. Here's one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> you know, because it's like, yeah, because it's like, dude, it's like, you, you know, the the older actors. I feel much more about helping them out. Because they really were, you know, they're at the point where they're not making money. Right. But then there's the guys that it, it really is hard for me to give money to when they're like, you know, walking around. They got three personal assistants and, you know, they're sitting there and they just, and there's a big old line of people. And people are so excited about getting to meet them for the first time. And they pay that money and they get their family. And it's like they get one and a half min- minutes of a picture that they don't, like maybe the stars don't even smile in or really interact with them in it. They're just like... Mm-hmm getting their picture and then they're like next yeah you know yeah. they're making seven figures a season and it's like wh- wh- why do why am i giving you 50 bucks right. to get your yeah john hancock i, I just, mean crap i bought their blu-rays yeah i mean i didn't download it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of the we've talked before about like the mainstreaming of uh like nerd and geek culture is great because more people enjoying the thing that you enjoy yeah. is wonderful. That yeah. part is great. Yeah. The flip side, the sort of dark side of that, I think, is that like corporatization mm-hmm. yeah. where now now we're an actual audience to be exploited just like every other audience. Like yeah. I don't want to sound oh, <laughs> at yeah. all beleaguered because it's it's literally every other audience. Uh-huh. We just weren't one before. That's right. So, uh, so no yeah, one had that, any that idea attitude. how to sell to me until... Yeah. Into the whole now, thing. now they figured it out. I bought oh, the yeah. t-shirts. Yeah. And, yeah, Disney bought Star Wars for like a bajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. expect to make it back. You know. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's a and there's a place for it, right? Like uh, we may not get to even have that tiny bit of interaction with the stars of our favorite show if there weren't that side. But I really appreciate the kind of ethos that you're bringing to mm-hmm. um, where yeah, keeping it more local, keeping it small. The the connections keeping it yeah. weird yeah like, yeah yeah, that's yeah. Like, he's but he keeps encouraging me to just keep being weird you know don't mm-hmm. conform like that whole Kleenex box thing he's serious about that like, <laughs> yeah totally which we should I think that it's too easy to jump into to jump into that box well I mean say, I think there's many shows and I'd love to Oklahoma to have conventions every two or three weeks you know like Dallas or something. But I also would love them to have a purpose and a meaning behind these things because, you know, that's the thing. It's like we were talking earlier about Harold Neal who would be at the show, and he's a really good artist. And it's like Harold, when he started, he did this really awesome art that may have may not been accepted in many art galleries around town. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he, he does the show, and he does well, and we have him in our store. And he did the Plaza Festival and did really well at the Plaza Festival and and he's starting to you know he's starting to sell and people are really accepting his stuff and and for me that puts a lot that puts a greater joy on the way I feel about it because you're getting to see someone who is from your hometown actually make make money and actually be able to be an artist instead of well I like to do art but right now you know I got to do this and take out a loan and you know and and mm-hmm. and then you're on the flip side you're you're seeing like a person that's from Beverly Hills getting two hundred dollars per day to eat on, yeah. you know, and uh, 
And like I said, it's like, you know, I don't I don't really mean to be that way. And it's like, you know, for the longest time I held my tongue. But, man, I worked at the Canes Ballroom for two or three years. And so I met Willie Nelson, Primus, Seven Dust, P.O.D., and on and on, Fish, and on and on mm-hmm. and on. And I got to see guys that made serious dough be like, Brother, well, how you been? How's your mama? Is your mom, your, your dad still living over in Bob's Law? <laughs> and you're sitting there going, oh my God, Les Claypool in a year remembers me. And he did 365 shows yeah. and he's telling me. And people are like, that guy's weird, man. He's on South Park. But it's the thing. It's like, like you know, I, I have a friend who plays in Evanescence and he's done my show several years. And I always used to make a joke that he won four Grammy Awards in a band. And yet he's... You know, all the kids that are there to see him, that are seeing him because of either when he was in Living Sacrifice or all these different bands he played in throughout his career, or they're there buying his artwork, he's like the same guy. Mm -hmm. He like, you know, will stand up to every person, no matter if they're buying from him or not. I mean, imagine, here's this table, and here's this guy who won four Grammy Awards with a band that sold five million records, and every time a person comes, he stands up and shakes their hand at a convention that goes on all day. And if they don't buy nothing from him or if they buy something for him, and it's like, like man, you like, look at this guy's heart, mm-hmm. you know? And he, you know what's really, and here's what's funny. He bought, he bought a booth at, to be at the show. I didn't pay him to be there. He wanted to come because he liked the ideal of it, and we've been friends for a long time, and he just knows how I am, is that if I pay him, then my price becomes $22 at the door. If I pay him, then I can't give Count Gregor money. Right. And, I, and believe me, it's like, Count Gregor is 88 years old, and he, I, I worked you know, with him, and he is a fantastic. Is he coming to the? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been there I every love... single year, and I've told Count Count Gregor told me that he would do my show until the day that he died, and even then, if they could get the casket, if it's around the time, <laughs> they could maybe place it in there or something. But That's I just, weird. I if just, Count Gregor's you know. corpse doesn't draw like an additional. <laughs> oh, I would, I would, and I mean, I know, I don't know him, but I know people who know him well so yeah that's with no disrespect like i feel like he'd be like yeah no that ought to work put it on the poster <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's, a, he's a fantastic man i i, I worked with him at uh, in in several different things and he's he's a wonderful he's guy and yeah i would i just <laughs> that would be amazing I, just, yeah. 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 I think that's one of the big things about conventions though i think what's really at the heart of it is the community that evolves around conventions and sure. when it's local base it has so much more of a heart uh, the same with Underground Monster Carnival, Super Bitcon. It's all very local-based, local artists, local talent. And that's what really, I think, matters when it comes to conventions is you yeah. have that heart in there. It's not just a mass-produced thing. Exactly. Uh, which, which, yeah. uh, one of the problems I have, I, I, I don't want to, to poo-poo Wizard World or Amazing Comic Con coming to Oklahoma City, but these national groups have no idea what's going on in Oklahoma. <laughs> And I think that's detrimental to any con- to any convention. Mm-hmm. Is you need to know what's going on locally. When I tried to get people from Amazing Comic Con just to talk to me, and I said, "Do you have anybody local I can talk to?" I mean, I do news and like bring them in. We wanted them on the podcast. I'm like, well, we got you could do a phone interview with somebody in San Diego, and I'm like, that does me no good. Why? I, how do you not have somebody locally telling you what you need to bring to this convention? That's why that's why we have this podcast. Yeah, is because it's about Oklahomans. It's yeah. not about yeah what's going on in L.A. or New York. Well, you know, to 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 make you know to make your city stronger and to make your any of your scenes develop, you know, you have to have a strong foundation. And if you build your foundation with your people and you know your artists and your writers and your alternative lifestyle and like everything that's crazy about this town that the world does not necessarily want to be focused on, mm-hmm. your city will blow up. Like, you know, so many great cities, like so many places like Austin and Oregon and, and, you know, even like Eureka Springs. Most people don't even realize that Eureka Springs was basically going down the the tubes. And then a a couple of gay guys moved in and brought a lot of their business down there to that area and basically built Eureka Springs into what it is now. It's beautiful. And and the thing is, it's like, you know, if you didn't have outward thinkers and you didn't have people that did that, you would never have as much stuff as we have. Because I look at it from my my grandfather, love him to death. He owned three concrete companies, built most of Grand Lake, but he believed in the Bible and he liked to read encyclopedias, you know, and then until I came along and made him take me to Ripley's Believe It or Not and places. But beyond that, he was just one of those guys that was like, you know, you don't need to stand out. You don't need to do this, you know. And I just was like, 
always heard it from an opposite point of view. You need to stand out. You need to not follow directions. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to not be like nobody else. Paint outside the lines. Yeah, and I just feel like, you know, you have a lot of that. And that's that's the thing. Oklahoma's been held back because of those kind of people that, you know, when I was a little kid, and I'll never forget it, and this is one of the things that probably changed my life too, is that my mother was this young uh, up-and-coming woman who was a member of the volunteer groups there that had raised money for the Indian Hospital in Clamore and the Will Rogers Museum and just was trying to rebuild it. And she was one of the first women that was young, her age, on this committee. And so she's in this committee with all these leaders in town that are, like, really loaded with money. And she's like, well, I think we should build a bridge here because this bridge will allow people, you know, from – because there's a bridge that's, I mean, a railroad that separates the towns. So if you had to go to the hospital, people have died because they can't get there because the trains would stop. So my mother goes in and tells them that they need to put this bridge in, and everybody's all behind it, all these young people. But the old people are like, if we put a bridge in, homeless people will come. And I remember, and this was when I was 11, Mm -hmm. right? So all these years later, 33 years later, I think about that, and and that's why I know that Oklahoma is a place now that will do, that'll put a star or a hummingbird or whatever, you know, a Christmas tree-ish thing on the bridge down here and not even blink an eye about it, right. you know. And I think that's great because it's like, man, I do – I mean, I love it that the Walmart cons do come, but at the same time, it's like I I am not – I don't go to Walmart, so right. good for them, you know. <laughs> I would rather see – I'd rather see Super Bitcon, SoonerCon, AzumaCon, Tokyo and Tulsa, MyCon, <clears throat> Tulsa Comic Expo – I'll do better than them just because sure. uh, that money goes back into Oklahoma. It goes yeah, back into the. I mean, it's serving. Mm-hmm. They really are serving, you know, in a way, completely different, you know, audiences. Oh yeah, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a nice a nice balance one to inject money and one to keep it weird is, you know, yeah. But it, in the same way that Walmart impacts economies, positive and negative. You know, like yeah, I yeah. like the 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 mix of things. And you talk about like if you don't, if somebody's got a panel and they work really hard on it, well, then you know you don't want to take away from them. Well, if you've got this, if you've got the underground monster carnival, and then somebody runs San Diego Comic Con decides, oh well, but March, you know, or the week weekend before, we want to have this big thing at the Cox Convention Center. That's going to take money away from. That's yeah. going to take money away from your group. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's where it becomes that's where the yeah. Walmartization of something like that becomes a negative to us in Oklahoma yeah. City. Oh, yeah. Because it would take away from your personal yeah. money. And because that's, that's the thing. It's like, just like with the uh, the other little cons and the bigger cons and stuff is that, you know, there's also cons in this town, you know, that are have been around for a long time. And they're just like little literary old comic book collector cons and things. And like the Norman just had their little mini get-together thing. And Stillwater has a little mini get-together thing. And um and you know, hear and, more about those. So if you're out there running those, let us know. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 I know. Like I, <laughs> I, we, I would love to know. I, I found out. To hear from you. I just spend, yes. you know, I spend a lot of, I just spend a lot of time, uh, you know, with a lot of different. Here's the thing. Anybody that wants to get a hold of me and then say, well, how do I put on an, a con with no money? You know, how do I do this? I will never deny that. I will tell them exactly because. I believe the sharing of information is the thing that scares the government worse than anything, and so I love to share information. Like if someone tells me, hey, hey, how can I save money on my taxes? Well, let me tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I know mm-hmm. because I believe this. It's like I came from a, a, a pretty poor family that was associated with family members that had money, you know, but I didn't. But I just always seen how – business works and how business fails and I seen you know a number of different things in my life but one thing I've always seen is that I'm not afraid to tell anybody I mean super bitcon BC had came up to me at a SoonerCon and mm-hmm. we had talked you know about stuff and I told him about the fairgrounds and about what you'd need to set up and them guys are awesome and I'm glad they got their show going but I just feel like that's one of the things that stops a lot of the things in big cities is because people don't want to share the information. Like people are scared. Like, well, how did you make that belt? Ooh, well, uh, I just, uh, man, I got to get going. <laughs> you know, ancient Chinese secret. And I think yeah. is like if if you hold somebody back on something, then it's like you're doing a worse crime in the world than any other thing. Amen. Because Amen. it's like. Yeah. How would, like, I mean, someday we won't be around, so who's going to be the people that pick up the next Monster Carnival? Yep. And who's going to be the people that pick this up? Because, like I said, you know, I'm going to probably do it. I'll probably might, I might do five more. I might do ten more. 
I might just, you know, do a few more, but no matter what, I hope I encourage a lot of people to, to look at it and go, man, I can build a show with local people and I can get people to come to a show where Count Gregor is the biggest star at it and everybody else is people that are like local neighbors of mine. Because to me, those people are stars. I mean, like I said, if I was in my 20s, I, you know, I was a lot different. I used to go out to California and, I, man, I would, you know, wait in line to see movie stars and I would, you know, just be all into that megalomania era, mm-hmm. you know. I, you know, like, especially the bands, you know. I used to meet a lot of cool bands and stuff. But at the end of the day, I realized it's like, you know, you spend all that time publicizing people that are already publicized and sending people to websites that already, like... Like I always say, I hate to send people to to Facebook as much as I'd rather send them to Underground Monster Carnival because when they go to undergroundmonstercarnival.com, then they're actually going to me. But by going to Facebook, then they're supporting Facebook, you know, and nothing wrong against Facebook. I got a lot of free love from them, you know, so I can't be bringing them down, you know, but I just would say like, you know, that's just somehow the world works. It's like you, you put so much effort into building local that... Someone like that would put a show on the date of your show and say, wow, that's great. Look at this great show that supports all these local people. But we're going to go ahead and fill our show up with so many people from out of state that it's going to make it, people are going to forget that we even have film a filmmaking scene here yeah. <laughs> or yeah. an art scene here or, we're, you know, and I'm like, gosh, man, you know, when Kevin Durant like buys clothes from a local person here or those Thunder players are support, like I've had Thunder players come in my store and I've had uh, the you know, bands and people touring through here and Wayne Coyne and Miley Cyrus and Dutch Brown Band and on and on and on. And they're in there supporting your store. It's like, man, that's what it should be. This is good. You know, and like I said, I don't know. Like I said, it's like, you know, I'm probably wrong on some things, but I feel like I'm right on some things too, you know, so. Your show runs from nine to, excuse me, one to nine on Saturday the 5th. That actually seems rather short Mm -hmm. uh, compared to these comic cons that run for like weeks well (laughs) well i always kind of feel like that i have a lot of friends that have that attention deficit disorder you know and i have a lot of friends that are introverted and it takes me a year to convince them to go like three blocks but once they get to the show they love it like i've had friends man they'd be like man you know i'm so glad you got me out because i've never i've always loved doctor who and i've never met one person that likes it now i'm a member of a fan club and now i go out and do stuff on the weekends with these people and and, you know, and to me, it's like, I just feel like, you know, when you, you do a three-day show or you do a two-day show, it, it's just all about, you know, having the need of the thing you want to do. To me, it's like, I kind of enjoy Friday to be at the store and hang out. And then I enjoy Sunday to sit around with my dog and watch TV and just be like in my underwear. And, and so Saturday, I'm pretty much free. So I like to take and, and I feel like if it's too early... I'm not going to have a good time, so I know all the other vendors aren't. So let's start the show about one, you know, so that way people can eat and they got time to set up. And we have people that drive in from out of state that enjoy it because they can come in from out of state, do the show, and then drive straight home. Right. And uh, and for me, it's like after 9 <clears> o'clock, <throat> there's a lot of people that want to go party in, and the partying in bars starts about 9. Mm-hmm. And for me, I want to go home and pass out because I've been up since like 7 that morning, stressed out and putting up tables and chairs and, you know. <laughs> doing this stuff and uh i've had a lot of people ask me for years that want to do two-day shows and i'm just like you just the thing about a two-day show is is you have to start tripling and doubling the money because you have to buy liability insurance you have to get permits you have to get double the insurance you have to get double the door fees you have to get double the table fees you have to there's a lot of things that is the the curse of going two or three days because being a vendor I'd get there on Friday and not sell nothing. I would sell all day Saturday. And then on Sunday, I would sell to those last-minute people. And usually at that point, they're, they're, it's like the last-minute deal selling. So really, Saturdays has always been the best day. And so I kind of look at it. I mean, I do it because I'm a, I grew up being a, a vendor and a fan. So I take the best of both things. I feel like this. When, you go, when people went and seen Iron Maiden last night, they only got to see two hours of Iron Maiden, and they were way satisfied. So mm-hmm. if I could only bring... If I could make nine hours that exciting of a three, if I could make nine hours exciting as a three-day show, then I don't need two days. Right. You know, if I need five days, you know, because it takes that long for people to be excited about it. But to me, really, sometimes there's a little bit of that, you know, you're doing it because sometimes people are off on Friday and then sometimes people are off on Sunday. And then there's the reason you do it because you're like, man, I could make three times the money. 
And then there's the the reason that it's like, man, I could party for three days solid, you know, <laughs> That's right. and stuff. And so for me, I just, I don't, I, I think if I did it, I would probably end up just being like, hey, just call people in and say Sunday we're not doing it. Even though it says we're doing it, let's just call it off on Sunday. There you go. You know, because I just, I don't know. Like I said, it's man between me and Count Gregor and everybody else there. We're all so worn out from visiting and, you know, from, because this is, this is what's funny. And uh, I always tell people that when people buy, want to buy vending booths from me, I always will say, well, I'll let you buy it, but I want to talk to you first. So I have to, if they don't give me their phone number, I don't call them back. Because you can text, you can do whatever, but you cannot get a feel for who this person is. And I feel like I can sell my vending booths. I had over 300 applications in July. And by the end of the year, I have about 800 people on a waiting list. And Oh, my gosh. And it's mm-hmm. like, and they're from all over the country. I have people from California and everything, but Oklahoma people always come first. And I get as many Oklahoma people as I possibly can before I start looking outward. Or I get people that have been with me since my Tulsa shows. But for the most part... They're only $85 booths, and so when they're only $85 at the fairgrounds, you can take the money from whoever you would choose. And so I jur them, and I take two or three months and just look over them and, like, watch their pages and get to know them and see if they're the kind of person that is going to go to the show and sit beside somebody and, and just be there because they're all about money and they're all about, like, not being a part of it, or they're truly our fans because it doesn't take long for you to figure out if someone's fans, especially when you can drop you know, weird and obscure stuff to them, you know, and you're like, oh, really? Did you ever watch that episode where Dr. Uh-huh. with them? Well, I love that one because, you know, back at blah, blah, And you're like, okay, pass that test. Check yeah. their credits. That's right. Yeah, check their credits. Yeah, yeah their geek credits. Because I, I look at it this way, and this has always been a, a big thing, too, is that, you know, when people come to the show, I want a young kid to come up to, say, Kimber, and say, man, I really love your clothes. What do I have to do to know how to do that? And Kimber doesn't go, well, first you move to California. Then you go to a high-end fashion show. And then you do this and that. Or... Like, you know, you go up to a guy that's from Enid and you say, hey, you know, Dennis McDonald, I love your books. You wrote six or seven of them and you've done Dungeons and Dragons campaigns and you've done all this stuff your whole life. What, what did you have to do? And he's like, well, I just go do conventions, but I come back to Enid, you know, and, and that's uh-huh. what I want. I want people to know that they can do these things by example of people in their own local area. Because when I was a kid and I went to a convention, I was like, how do I get involved? I would be like asking Lloyd Kaufman, how do I get involved in, uh, you know, making films? And he'd say, well... For one, you need a lot of cheap actors, probably some drugs, and um, <laughs> a good studio somewhere in Van Nuys. You know, and that and that's you need to be like, okay, Van Nuys, drugs. Go to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you make Toxic Avenger, you know. Yeah. You know, and stuff. And so so over the years I just have came to the point to where it's like it's awesome to get so many vendors, but it's awesome to be able to choose the ones and call them up personally and see the kind of person they are and and because when you get that many people together Everybody has. That's why you can't do three days because people would be so worn out from the overkill of visiting and making – because some of these people actually make films together and do stuff and plan like, hey, you know, I'm from the – you know, my friend Felix who is coming from New Orleans, he has painted – he was the first person to ever paint outside during the plaza walks. So imagine the time when the plaza district had no people outside of there during those plaza things Mm -hmm. because everybody was just like, ooh, that's too scary to go outside, you know. So, like, this is years I used to ago. live right down the street from there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Down and, Blackwelder, yeah. And so Felix spent four years doing stuff here, and to, now he does conventions all over the country, and he comes back exclusively just to my show here and stuff. And so when he shows up, you know, he'll come a, two or three days early to, to visit, you know, and there'll be people that'll come Friday night, and we'll, because we're going to, Friday night, we're going to get, like, together and do a film showing over at the parish. It's free, and we're going to show a lot of local films made by people in the show and some of them we just made you know and i you know and with the exception of a couple of friends i have a friend named ivan sanchez who's uh from uh, barcelona and he's been sending me films you know since uh the, you know since like probably like you know vhs cameras or something but he just always loves to send me stuff and i just like to support that you know i like to support filmmakers and things and um but uh, you know i just always feel like there's so many good choices out there you know why not get the best person to represent the show represents you and rep- and has good artwork too. I mean, that's like the bonus. It's like, man, their artwork's incredible and they're so nice and they're friendly. And when they go to the show, people are like, I hardly ever get an email. Like the most emails I get are people asking me who those vendors are or where were they from or yeah. because they're so, because they make connections with them, not just they bought their product and they walked off because I don't want those people. I get, I've turned down at least a hundred people alone that sells sensies and you know and all that kind of stuff and 
And then there's the up and coming kids that I really feel like they got promised, but I feel like they're just not ready. And I don't want to take their money. I don't want them to lose money. You know, I'd rather mm -hmm. for them, for me to tell them not to, and maybe they get mad, but it forces them maybe to step up and go do other shows. Sure. And then, because that's the thing, when I first started, everybody thinks your art is incredible until you have to sell it. Mm -hmm. And then you realize what people like and what they don't. And, but I don't want to take your money if, if I don't believe that you're going to make money, you know, because that to me is even worse than, to me, it's like taking tickets. It's like, man, we sold 5,000 advanced tickets. Man, that's really incredible. But unfortunately, 800 people couldn't make it. So you just ripped them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not giving away 800 yeah. free tickets to the first 800 people that come in because you, you're not. You just made a bunch of extra money for people that couldn't make it. And so, so to me, it's like, I have too many examples as a kid working at the Canes and the Canes making 300, 400 extra tickets every show. And I'd be like, what'd you give those tickets away? It's sold out. Oh, we can't do that. I know, yeah. You know? When, how much does it cost to go to Monster Co? It's $11 yeah. uh, for anybody over 11 and anybody under 11, it's uh, $7. And stuff, I, I just think it's funny to put 11 and 11, five, five, and I don't know. That makes sense. <laughs> $11 for a con, that's amazingly yeah. cheap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, just the vending booths, I actually started off selling them for $50, and I sold my first, I used to sell tickets for 7 bucks, and I would have just as much as I have now. Um, when I did shows in Tulsa and people would always, you know, be like, wow, you know, how can you do them so cheap? But I'm like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to pay nobody $3,000 in a hotel room, mm -hmm. you know, maybe <laughs> my wife. everything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now, you know, well, it's $11 is from one o'clock to nine o'clock on Saturday. Which building at State Fairgrounds? It's the Hobby Arts and Craft Building. And the building is uh, 3,100 grand General Pershing Boulevard. Always, it's always really confusing. Yeah. But basically, if you find the fairgrounds, we're the one by the big arch, and they'll have yeah. signs and stuff. But mm -hmm. still, you know, you'll have to drive around a bunch because the fairgrounds kind of elusive, like a little maze. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially once it's open, you, you have to find a place to park. Yeah. Well, for yeah. a show like yours, it's easy. You can just park and follow the stream of monsters and superheroes yeah. and exactly. stuff. To the, okay, yeah. I know where we're going. I know yeah. where we're just going. I think they were going the I'm same I'm following place. Frankenstein's yeah. monster and There's Captain America. There's someone dressed like She-Hulk. I'm going to follow her. Yeah. Yeah. Even if she's not going Points to for the saying con, Frankenstein's that's monster. Right, that's right. She-Hulk is always yeah. a safe bet no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Um. Just... I just wanted to point out, you are going to see the most eclectic mix of things at this carnival, and I highly recommend you go. It is a blast. And people can find you at? Oh, uh, undergroundmonstercarnival.com. And then if you just go to any of the search engines and type in Underground Monster Carnival, you'll find all kinds of things, links. And I don't know, you know, I went to that period where I just went social media crazy and joined like vampire ones to steampunk ones to you know the you know snapchat whatever you know it's i'm on pretty much every single thing tumblr you know you twitter what what's, oh yeah what's yeah your, what's your twitter oh on well, my twitter is the only thing that's not monster carnival it's actually you horror fest like mm -hmm. the letter u and horror fest because i made it when i was doing my underground horror fest and uh uh twitter has always been like a magical unicorn creature you know where you think you kind of figure it out and you're like man i'm getting some <laughs> likes and some shares and then you don't get nothing from it yeah. Yeah. twitter likes yeah. it that way yeah yeah but then somehow you you end up having like 100 <laughs> people add you and yet you don't get no likes weird yeah, i know and you had to dig it is uh you can is there a website for yeah that? yeah it's just dig it okc.com and uh we don't have a phone because me and my wife hate getting phone calls no, that's so funny. but i do have a number anyway? from underground monster carnival which is actually online has been online for years and it's funny because people say man if, i can't believe you put your phone number out there online but you know i rarely get calls i get texts you know all the time about people say hey where's your show at and blah 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 but i just always felt like you know if i got time i don't care i'll talk to anybody i've had people call me from like crazy out of nowhere being like man we're in chicago and me and my wife and son are trying to put on a convention and we've tried everybody and no one will help us and then it'd be like five hours later they're like man that's so awesome you know if you come down to our house and you could be a part and, <laughs> and i'm just like man i don't know you know I, I just feel like it's not that hard it's just the hardest part of it is just the same thing i learned when i was playing music in bands is you have to put your pants on you have to get on that stage and you have to come at it like you're going to attack every person and eat every one of them. Like mm -hmm. you're like you're just crazy out of your mind zombie person. Because if, if you don't go into it that hardcore, then your fans won't go into it that hardcore. 
you know, and uh, when I started doing my shows, I didn't have no money. I, I started, actually, I, I'd called a guy a year in advance and said, look, I'd like to rent your building, but I don't really have no money. But if you'll trust me, I'll pay you in a year on the day of the show, after the show, of course, because I didn't have no money at that time. And this guy's like, that's the craziest thing I've ever had anybody ask me. All right. <laughs> you know, and uh, I did a show. I remember my, my first year, and this I'll just say this in, in closing, is that my first year I had took and uh, had no bank account, so I couldn't sell any credit cards. So basically anybody that wanted to buy a vending booth, I had to give them a booth, and they had to pay me the day of the show. So if they didn't show up, I didn't get paid. So I had to trust in 60 people. And I had to, you know, basically trust in that I would make enough money to pay for the building. And I didn't even have enough money. I didn't have enough money to have shirts. So my friend who owed me a favor had a bunch of leftover T-shirts. So he made like, and he's a punk rock guy. So basically my first year I had these underground, I had these underground horror fest shirts that were like pink and like V-necks and which now is like <laughs> the trend. Like I'm okay. totally cool. But back then people were like, don't you got any like normal shirts? You <laughs> What's know? this V-neck stuff? And these are all like, you know, slim cut ones and so forth. But, you know, I went from that to being able to own my own business in Oklahoma City to being able to do my fifth year here in Oklahoma City. And, and I'm just really thankful to you know, all the people that, that believed in me and, and took a chance. And because I'm telling you, I did not have no money. There was no backers, never been backers. I paid, I paid for this show out of my pocket every single year. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the exception of my sponsors who are, you know, my friends that bring in water and bring in snacks and occasionally, you know, pay for like gift certificates or do stuff. But hell, my first two years, all the prizes were all paid for by me. I used to go to Vinny Stock and just be buying stuff. And so much that Vinny Stock's like, you know what, we'd like to buy a booth at your show. And I'd be like, you do? Could you just give me this stuff for free and then we'll just trade off? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay for it. You know, but I just believe that. You know, I just always believe that. You know, if, if you really want something and you really want to do it, you have to just, you have to go into it that hardcore. Mm -hmm. Because if you fail, then you fail. But at least you're like, you know, once in my life I tried to do this and it failed, but I did it. And uh, I say that to anybody because, man, it's like, you know, I, I graduated from a school with about 18 people in it, you know, and most of my friends now, I go and find them on Facebook and half of them, if they have the internet, you know, are mostly like farmers and country people and they're all like just freaked out. Like they totally inspired their children because of me because I went to school with them and I'm like, man, I was like a, you know, this punk rock guy in the school that listened to like crazy 70s like Tamita, you know, or something. And like all of a sudden it's like now people see that, but I'm just saying like, you know, you don't need millions of dollars. You don't need like 100 volunteers. I have eight volunteers at my show. I had three the first year and had 2,000 people. Mm -hmm. But it's just like you, you got to, you just got to believe in it and you got to find people that believe in it. If you only have three people that, you guys in this room believe in something enough, you guys are doing this. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. It's like none of you guys are like, well, you know what? I got $20,000 so we can, uh, you know, it's just about if you want to do it, you get, you get a group together that believes in it and you do it because, if you don't, then you'll be waiting for the Walmart con to come in and, and do it for you because they got no problem with doing it. You know, like in Tulsa, um, I would say that my friend who had uh, the Tulsa uh, Comic Expo, he had he's from there and he had all these people and he's trying to he's movie stars and he's getting like very little love at all. And Tulsa World and all the news stations are doing reports for Wizard World every month, every week, you know, just one after another after another. And I was like, man, that's how you take pride. Let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks instead of the Thunder. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, but, you know, that's the way that, that's the, way the world works sometimes. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't do it yourself. I mean, if you got a garage... And you got it. You got twenty five friends. You could have a, You could have your own comic book show. Sure. And if there's anybody out there who's doing that, please call us and let us know because yeah. we want to. We want to again. We want to put that out as well. Yeah. Kimber, where can people find you? Yeah, I want to ask: Is there a online presence for Bear Claw that we can see some of the designs and things? Um, so far, I just have an Instagram. It's Bear Claw Clothing OKC. Um, I'm working. Maybe getting online. The problem with having a store for my stuff is everything is one of a kind. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's really hard to get it online, get the sizing right, you know, um, oh, yeah. looking into that. But it's it's a lot harder than if you have like a T-shirt, small, medium, large, or, you know, right. a standard sizing. I don't really have that. So, yes, I'm on um, Instagram. Again, Bear Claw Clothing, OKC. I also sell my stuff at Dig It um, if you're, you know, I want to come try stuff on. I actually love to play dress up, so please come by and let me dress you up. <laughs> Could we what have a montage? Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. What a feeling. <laughs> Precisely. So, Fantastic. Yeah. I'll be there next week. Mm. <laughs>
So I think that's going to do it for our show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Okie Geek Podcast. You can find us. And again, please email us. If you've got a, something like this, like the Underground Monster Carnival going on, uh, there's one that's going on in Norman this weekend I saw about, but unfortunately we didn't get to have them on. If you've got anything on Norman, Stillwater, Tulsa, we don't care. Come in and we'll spend an hour just talking because you've got to advertise. And we, we like to think this is a way to, to free <coughs> advertise. So uh, Okie Geek Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. And you can find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. <laughs> and Joshua, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? On Twitter, I'm at Joshua Unruh. Devin? <laughs> on Twitter, I am Weba. That's W-A-U-B-B-A. Nikki? On Twitter, I am at Retro Robinson. And I promise my computer will be done and I'll update the Yay. Facebook page sometime this weekend. <laughs> And yes, we're all looking forward to uh, just some changes coming to maybe the Okie Geek podcast and yes. Facebook. So I don't know. We'll talk about that later. And you can find me on the World Wide Web at KOSU Michael C. Uh, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Art Sunday and Kimber, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Josh Unruh. I'm Devin Green. I'm Nikki Robinson. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>